Well, you can be seated. I want to get right into the Word of God today, and I want to acknowledge um, every woman, every lady in this house today. Um, I'm excited about today's message. We've actually been in a series called uh, God's Leading Ladies, and it started with, uh, we started with talking about Sarah, and the reason we talked about Sarah and her significance is because many times as a woman, you were called to carry something that you didn't plant, and that it just speaks as a testament to your strength that God will trust you with the responsibility to carry something that was planted by somebody else and be birthed by somebody else. And then we moved on to Ruth last week, and we talked from the message of having staying power and how many times we're pressed in our lives. And what happens when we're pressed is we always run back to what we truly worship. And, and we find that for many of us, it's different things when we're pressed and when we hit with a struggle, we always go back to what we're familiar with. But I want to talk today to our, our women, our mothers, specifically today. And the reason I want to talk to you is because this day has different meaning to different people. And if we're not careful, um, we will speak to one person at the exclusion of the other. But it just so many times when we have this, this, this time of year, we don't realize that it evokes so many different emotions in different people. And I said, well, who could I pull? And, and God, who would you have me to talk about from the Bible that would be applicable to all of us? And, and, and even our men, you'll get something out of this too. But I want this to be encouragement to you um, as we're going to talk uh, today from the message of stop on the road to greatness. A stop on the road to greatness. And the reason I've chosen this is because I want to encourage you and I want to talk to you about what do we do when our life does not look like what we expected. You've ever been there? It's quiet in here. Uh, have you ever been there where y y what you're looking at does not look like you were what you were hoping for? And we deal with many things like discouragement, disappointment, and how did I get to this place when this place was a place that I never really intended to be? God, are you even hearing me? Are you even involved in my life anymore? How many of you, you can go through so much that you don't even think God cares about you? You can go through so much that you don't even feel like God is involved in the affairs of your life. But as we go to uh, 1 Samuel uh, chapter 1 and verses 1 through 6, we're going to look at a woman whose life is taking this path and what she does. And we can all draw uh, principles from this that, that really help us grow. And it says that in, in verse 1, there was a man named Elkanah who lived in Ramah in the region of Zeph, in the hill country of Ephraim. And he was the son of Jeroam, son of Elihu, son of Tohu, son of Zuf, and all these Bible names. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and of Ephraim. And Elkanah had two wives. Hannah and Paniah. Paniah had children, but Hannah did not. Each year, Elkanah would travel to Shiloh to worship and sacrifice to the Lord of Heaven's armies at the tabernacle. And the priests of the Lord at that time were the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas. On the days of Elkanah presented his sacrifice, he would give portions of meat to Paniah and each of her children. Although he loved Hannah, he would give her only one choice portion because the Lord had given her no children. And so Penina would taunt Hannah and make fun of her because the Lord had kept her from having 
children. And, and I began to dig into uh, this woman, Hannah, and her name actually means favor and grace. So the name Hannah means favor and grace, and the reason this is significant is because of what we read prior to me telling you that, is the fact that what she is looking at and what she's dealing with in her life looks nothing like her name. It looks nothing like what it's supposed to be. God, my name means favor and grace, yet the very thing that I feel like I should be experiencing and I should be having uh, in my life, I don't have it. And on top of that, I don't have it, and my counterpart has it, and she's taunting me. So if you put yourself in her shoes for a minute to, to sit there and say, not only do I, ha I not have what I desire, not only do I not have what I should have at this stage of my life, raise your hand if you've ever felt like I should be further along than I am right now. And so she's sitting there, Hannah is saying, basically, I should be in a different place right now, and I don't. My name is favor and grace, but I don't have any signs or any marks of favor and grace on my life right now. And the one next to me is experiencing this. She's having children, and she's making fun of me because I don't. How many times is it hard for you to watch the blessing of God that you desire on somebody else? And we sit here and, and, and I think about the so many emotions that would go through the lives of people on this day. I, I, I have children, but my children didn't even call me. Or I, I love my mom, but she's no longer with me. See, we always, you know, we've commercialized so many things that we only celebrate the good parts of it. But how many of you know, even in the good, there's some bad. There's some stuff that we have to say, well, well what do I do? when a day that should be a celebration is rough for me? How do I tap into the place that, what is God doing in the midst of what is a mess for me? Favor and grace, yet I'm not experiencing any of it. Verse 7 says this, year after year. So this wasn't something that was going on. Watch this. This wasn't something that was going on for a day, for a week, for months. This happened year after year after year. She had to not be able to produce and had somebody making fun of her for not being able to do it. You ever felt like your hands were tied? You ever felt like God had boxed you in, in an unpleasant situation and there was nothing you could do about it? But I want to encourage you today, you do not have a situation when you serve God that there's nothing that can't be done. There may not be anything that you can do, but there's always something that can be done. Somebody say amen. Sometimes the hardest thing to do is to get to a place where I can't help myself. But here's the temptation. Here's what happens. Sometimes the intensity of our tests will attack our understanding of our identity. So the more we're tested, the more we begin to question, God, did you really want me to do this? Did you really call me to do this? Am I really supposed to be here at this stage, at this time in my life? Am I preaching to anybody in here that has questions that I love God, but I'm here in this place? Here's Hannah. I, I, I can imagine what it's like being like her. Mama, Daddy, why did you name me favor and grace when I never feel like I experienced it? Preacher, why are you always talking about joy and faith when it's so hard for me to have it? Sometimes the intensity of our tests will attack our identity 
in our understanding of it. Let me remind you, there's not a single thing that you have been through that will change who God made you. God created you for a reason, for a purpose, and even if you can't put your hands on it, put, put, wrap your mind around it, wrap your heart around it, he created you for a purpose. You're here for a reason. You have breath in your body. You still have purpose, even if everything around you looks just like the opposite of what you were expecting. We're so smart sometimes as, as human beings that it's difficult for us to realize that maybe the path that God is taking us is not the path that we expected and planned. First Samuel 1 verse 8, it says this, Why are you crying, Hannah? Elkanah would ask, so her husband said, Why are you crying? You ever have somebody saying, What's wrong with you? And you, you, you want to look at them and say, You should know what's wrong with me. This is how, if we, if we take the mask off, this is how it sounds. Why are you asking me a stupid question? That, that's how people say, you, 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 what's wrong with me? Year after year, I'm going through this, and your question, your best, most intellectual, smart question is, what is wrong with me? I'll get back to that. Why are you crying, Hannah? See, he's a husband. He's trying his best. We, we try. Y'all, y'all give, us, give us a break. We, we try, but sometimes we don't ask the right question. So he's trying to fix it now. He said, well, why are you crying? He would ask. And then he asked, why aren't you eating? Why be downhearted? So he's just like most men sometimes. He's just making it worse. He's, tr- <laughs> he's trying to help. And I'm not beating up on men. This is just what we do sometimes. We, we, we ask, but we're actually making it worse. Well, okay, that wasn't the right question, so let me try this one. It's all right to laugh in church. You know, it's okay. Why be downhearted? Now watch this. Why be downhearted just because you have no children? In her mind, she's like, you dummy. <laughs> and then he, he, you, you would think, you, you, uh, man, can I talk to him? You ever have sometimes, it's like you, you, you wish you could get the words back, like you, but you just can't help yourself and you just keep going. And making it worse. It's like, at some point, just be quiet. Somebody say, shh. But he can't do that. This is what happened. He says, and this is the icing on the cake. You got me. What a big prize, you. (laughs) Isn't that better than having 10? You got me. I'm the man. I take care of business. I put food on the table. I'm the man. You got me. What God wants to do in our lives, don't ever forget this, supernatural. What he wants to do is supernatural. Why am I saying that? Because a supernatural desire will never be satisfied by an earthly substitute. And this is what Elkanah does not understand. He, he does not understand that Hannah's got something going on on the inside that she wants God to do. And she's experiencing what I call the frustration of spiritual crop failure. That she feels inside there's something that she should be able to produce, but she can't produce it. I know there's more for This is how it looks in our life. I know there's more for me, but I can't seem to get where I know I'm supposed to be. And he said, well, I'm your husband. I got you. You want some lamb chops? I got you. You got this. 
I'm better than what you desire is what he's saying to us. That supernatural desire, don't worry about it. You got, you got food on the table. But the reality is, in each and every one of us, men and women alike, there is a seed of desire for more than I am right now. Because God is a progressive God. He's always in, inside. He's always moving you forward, even when you feel like you're just stuck where you are. So once after a sacrificial meal at Shiloh, Hannah got up and she said, I'm going to pray. I can't talk to you. I need to go pray. I think sometimes we make the Bible so spiritual that we, we miss the common sense that's in there. She looked, look, I can't go. I've reached a point where a conversation with you is really not going to work right now. I need to go talk to God because you don't get it. That's how, come on, be real in here. Sometimes you, you're sitting there like, I'm trying to continue this conversation, but you just, it's just not working the way it needs to, so I'm going to go talk to God. Eli the priest was sitting at his customary place beside the entrance of the tabernacle, and Hannah was in deep anguish. You ever, you, you ever felt like, I'm, I'm not just discouraged, but I'm deeply bruised and discouraged. I, I, I've been there where it's not just, look, I, I'll get over it, but I'm so discouraged that I don't see past this day right here. I don't see past this trial right here. I don't see past this roadblock right here. I'm that discouraged. The people who should have been with me are not with me. The people who said they had my back, they don't have my back. The people who said they would be with me forever, they run every time there's a struggle. Got some people in your life like that? You know, I talked about them. They called those ride or die ones. They ride till you die. You'll get that next time. Hannah was in deep anguish, crying bitterly as she prayed to the Lord. Not like these cute prayers that we're used to seeing now. God bless me, my four, and no more. But this was a different, a different kind of prayer. Said so she, she's crying bitterly. How does that look for you? You know, you, you're crying, but not only crying, then you got snot and stuff coming out of your nose and all that stuff. Then you don't want people touching you. you. Just get away from me. I need to get all of this out. That's the kind of crying and praying she's doing. And she made a vow. O Lord of heaven's armies, if you'll look upon my sorrow and answer my prayer and give me a son, then, then I'll give him back to you. She's praying a prayer. She's essentially reached this place that it's, it's not about me. Let me encourage those of you with the trials that you've been, you may have come in here with, the struggles and even the depression and different things that you're dealing with in your mind today. Let me encourage you to tell you that some of it is not about you. Some of it God has, has allowed in your life because there's people that are going to be coming to you that need the encouragement that, 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 that you can give them because you came out of what you're in right now. See, and we, 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 we as believers and humans, sometimes we can be short-sighted and we're like, yeah, this is painful. This is struggling. I'm, I'm hurting. But, but we forget about the fact that five years from now, somebody's going to be in front of you. Come on. Somebody's going to be in front of you that's going through the same thing and they're getting ready to give up. And you're going to say, no, I went through this for five years, 10 years, and I didn't quit just because God wanted me here right now to tell you you were going to make it. I stand here as pastor in this house. I want to prophesy to somebody, you are going to make it. You are going to get through this. You're going to get through the emotions. You're going to get through the struggle. You're going to get through the bondage. It doesn't matter if it looks pretty right now. Sometimes you got to be able to be like Hannah and cry it out and weep it out, but still pray in the midst of the process. Lord of heaven's armies, if you'll look upon my sorrow, God, I'm not hiding it from you because you see it anyway. 
God, you see the good, the bad, and the ugly of me. So here it is. Here I am, messed up, jacked up. Lord, help me. Oh, Lord of heaven's armies, if you'll look upon my sorrow, answer my prayer, and give me a son, Lord. Just give him to me, and I'll give him back. I'll give him back to you. He'll be yours for his entire lifetime. And as a sign that he has been dedicated to the Lord, his hair will never be cut. Here's the principle I want to give you in all that. Our problems are often the very thing that will lead us to a true place of prayer. This is some things that, that in the midst of five steps to a blessing and six ways to break through and 25 ways to, inc- all this stuff, at the end of the day, sometimes our problems, they come and God allows them because that's the only place and the only way that will be driven to our knees where we can hear from him. How many of you need a word from the Lord sometimes? You need direction from God sometimes. You won't get that in the midst of the chaos. And so sometimes in the, in, in, in the very presence of the storm and struggle, mothers and ladies and trying to figure things out and, and trying to figure out, well, how did I end up here? And then trying to figure out how am I going to make it? How am I going to take care of the kids? How am I going to get through the fact that my mother is no longer here with me? How am I going to get through all of that? And God is saying, I just want you to spend time with me. See, I'm not going to be this pastor to tell you, it's, it's going to be all right. You know, not like that. Sometimes you have to cry. Come on, you ever, anybody not ashamed to say I cried sometimes? I weep sometimes. I, I, I had to just, we get so concerned as believers with keeping up appearance. Can I pastor you right now? We, 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 we get so, so caught up with, I just got to make sure everybody thinks I'm all right. But the reality is, is this, there's places and times in our life that will bring out what's truly on the inside. And the reality is, at the end of the day, if, if people say this or they say that about you, it doesn't matter as long as it leads you to the right place. And that's a place of prayer. Because a place of prayer is a place that you can hear God. The presence of God is the place of faith. Presence of God is a place of faith. See, Hannah represents this person who comes to a point where she realizes that what she really needs and desires is not going to come from another man. It's not going to come from flesh. I can pray with you. I can agree with you. But all of, at the end of the day, only God can do what he needs to do in your life. This should encourage us. Because let me tell you something. Being A lady, being a mother, being a wife, being a grandmother, being a woman, it's not easy. It's hard. It's hard to deal with and navigate the different things that you'll you'll face in life. And sometimes you have to do that without help and without support. That's the reality. Amen? Sometimes you have to do that where, where, where... those who you thought would be there and be around, they're not there. And you're sitting there trying to figure out, how am I going to do this and how am I going to do that? And some kind of way, God imparts supernatural wisdom into you to, to, to make things work. I think about my, my grandma. See, I was the type of person. I grew up and we were broke and I didn't know we were broke. I'm serious. I, I, I didn't know. I didn't know that, that water with squeezed lemons and sugar was that that that. To me, that was good as Kool-Aid. If we had Kool-Aid, we were rich. 
I'm just being honest with you. You know, we, I grew up fried bologna. We, I didn't have sausage until I was an adult. <laughs> you know, but what I'm saying is, is they made it, these women made it work in my family. They, they made it work. I had chicken so many different ways I couldn't even realize it. <laughs> you know, we, we were that type of people now. Point is, God, some of the things that we don't realize are miracles, are really miracles. When God can not only give you supernaturally, but he can take what you have and make it work. You, anybody know what I'm talking about in here? That there's some kind of way you don't know how, even how he made it work, but he just put it together and, and he made it work. And he put that wisdom inside of you. Presence of God is a place of faith. Faith allows us to be willing. This is important. It's hard, but it's important to completely give back to God what he's given to us. So the power of this, this woman getting an answer of prayer was, God, if you give me what I'm desiring for and longing for in my life, I'll, I'll present it right back to you. Isn't that powerful? When's the last time you said that, Lord, I, I'm praying, but what I'm praying for is yours. It's not mine. Something powerful in that. Faith allows us the strength. I'm talking about the strength of a mother. Who, who, who normally would bond with a child. But look at what she's, her faith allows her to do. Faith allows us to burst something great that we may not be able to personally enjoy. Hmm. Think about that for a minute. It allows you, by the power of God, to produce something that you may not personally ever enjoy. I'm so encouraged. I, I was blessed... And many people who know me, they hear me talk about my grandmother a lot. But she, she would teach me and tell me things like, you know, we, we, we just trusted God. That's how we live. I don't know. She said, she said we, we didn't have anything in the refrigerator, and we'd just pray, and then people would knock on the door, and there'd be bags of groceries. That's how they, it, it, she didn't even think to live any other way. And she said, I didn't, I didn't know sometimes when y'all came over, I didn't know what y'all were having for breakfast, but the time, time breakfast time came around, stuff was there. And she said the reason they were able to live like that because they gave everything to God. God, it's yours. It's all, it's all yours. And sometimes she said it wasn't easy. Sometimes she, this is how she would talk. I hope this is helping somebody. Uh, but she, she would sometimes say, you know, sometimes me and pops would just sit on the sofa and just pray. And as we were praying, we, we'd just hear the doorbell and knock on the apartment and People would say, well, we, didn't, we don't know why we're here, but God spoke to us. God, God spoke to us. Don't, don't ever ignore the promptings of God. Sometimes he, he'll, he'll prompt you to do something that seems ridiculous to everybody else. And, and, and this is the life of faith. And I think that sometimes in church, women and men, we've made this thing totally different where I can only do what makes sense to me. And if you think and process it too long, you won't do what God actually wants you to do. What sense does it make for a woman to go into where the priest is and, and weep and cry bitterly? Uh, and nobody is really understanding why she's doing that, but she's going in there and doing it because she, her, her desire prompted her to go there. Watch this. As she was praying to the Lord, Eli watched her. And seeing her lips moving but hearing no sound, he thought she had been drinking. 
must you come here drunk? So now her husband has no clue. And the priest, the one who's supposed to be hearing from God, he doesn't have a clue. I could preach. I'm not going there right now. But, but those of us who take a microphone should be hearing God's voice. Amen? Different message. We, we, we have never been called to preach our own opinion. We've been called to say what God says, how he wants it said. And so here we have a priest who has no clue. Husband doesn't get it, now the priest doesn't understand. Must you, must you come in here drunk? He demanded, and he said, throw away your wine. People often focus on the outward and misinterpret your tears. Don't look at somebody so quick, and this is why, you know, don't look at somebody so quick and then think you understand, because sometimes you don't. And sit there and say, well, we sit there and say that, that the woman who's worked so hard to, to raise children by herself or the woman who uh, maybe is not able to have children or the one who's lost their mother, whatever it is. Uh, and we'll sit there and we'll try in our spiritual understanding to, to, to explain to them why it happened when God really wants us to just encourage them that there's still a purpose on their life. You know, one of the, the mysteries of the kingdom is God does not always tell us why. Let me encourage you, you. Some people came in this morning and you came in going through some hard stuff. Like you're sitting there, you're, you're sitting in the seat listening to me, but you're wrestling with God saying, why has this happened to me? I tried my best. I tried to do everything I could and it still ended up this way. And I'm not here to answer why because truthfully the Bible sometimes doesn't tell us why. It just tells us that all things work together for good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. So me as pastor is here to remind you that all things are working together for your good. Every experience, every struggle may not be good, but you serve a God who's a master weaver, who's able to put it all together even when you can't do it, who's able to work it out when you can't work it out, who's able to show you that you don't understand it right now, but there's a place called the other side. And even though you're going through it right now, God is bringing you to the other side where say, okay, now I know that, God, you, you are able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all I could ask think, or imagine. So what's the real, the, the, the encouragement of that is that this pastor doesn't know why you've been there. I just know that since you're still here, you're coming out. I just know that there's still purpose on your life, that there's still people that God wants to save through you, that he wants to encourage through you, that he wants to work through you, and that because you stood the test and didn't give up, didn't walk away, and didn't quit, that somebody's life will be different because of you. I'm almost finished. So here, now Hannah's got to straighten the priest out. Oh, no, sir. She did it respectfully, but she put him in, you know. Oh, no, sir, she replied. I haven't been drinking wine or anything stronger, but I'm very discouraged. And that's some of you today. You, you, I just feel it on my heart. Some people, you came in and you smiled, but inside, you, you, you're not just discouraged. You're very discouraged. And I was pouring out my heart to the Lord. Don't despise discouragement. It's often permitted to take us to God. We often allow it to drive us from him. If you are a 
a parent have ever been one of any kind, you understand this point. No matter what your children do or have been through, there's something in you that wants them to run back to you even when they're in trouble. Am I, am I preaching in here? There's something in you. You may get mad, you may be upset with them, but there's something in you that says, you know what? Come on, come on back. What you're saying is, is the, very, the very thing that is in them that makes them feel they need to run from you is the very thing that has been orchestrated to get them to run back to you. Hannah is going through so much discouragement that that discouragement drives her to God. Don't despise whatever pushes you to God. Too much judgment has taken place in his body where people now, the very place they need to come, they won't because they think you're going to beat them up. Because of what, no, 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 okay, yeah, you messed up. You, 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 you failed. You made a mistake. Let's come back to God. Because your mindset will tell you, I'll come back when I fix it. And God is saying, I'll fix it when you come back. Don't think I'm a wicked woman, for I have been praying out of great anguish and sorrow. In that case, Eli said, go in peace. May the God of Israel grant the request that you have asked of him. I want you to understand something, because we're going to pray here in a few minutes. And mothers and women and ladies, in that time of prayer, I want you to believe God for something big. I want you to believe him for something that he hasn't done before. I, I, I said all of this to get to this point right here, because you came in, and there's something that God needs to do in your life. You're here. The answer is here. The, 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 the process of the struggle has brought you right here to the place of prayer that's designed to get you to what he has for you. So even as I finish out talking to you, I want you to begin to get in your heart that thing that you're trusting that you want God to do um, in your life. And I'm going to do what Eli did. After we pray, I'm going to tell you, go in peace and let God grant your request. He's that kind of God. We come to him, we bring him faith. Because at the end of the day, that's all we can bring him, our works, our, our, none of that stuff. He, he, he doesn't care about that. What we bring him is our faith. Just like you bring money to the grocery store, you bring faith to God. Because it's God's method of exchange. Sometimes our greatest prayers are not necessarily from that place of, praise, place of faith. In other words, they don't start there, but they start in a place of pain. But those are the greatest prayers. Then lastly, it says the entire family got up early the next morning and went to worship the Lord once more. Don't miss this. In the midst of uncertainty, in the midst of pain, in the midst of what you came in, mothers, with, some of you came in and everything's fine, but I want your response to be the same. Some of you came in and you have battles of the mind, battles of the heart. Your response is going to be the same as if everything's going okay. It says that they went to worship the Lord once more. I'm going to challenge you that no matter how tempted you've been to give up, to give God one more shot, to worship him one more time and watch him move 
in your life. Now watch the rest of this. Then they returned home to Ramah when, the, well, when Elkanah slept with Hannah. Come on. The Lord remembered her plea. Can I teach you for 30 seconds? You can go through so much. Look in my eyes if you can. You can look at the glare on my glasses. <laughs> you can go through so much that when God says one more time, your mind says, what's the use? You can go through it, and, and when you feel like throwing in the towel and giving up and saying, that's it, I'm done, I'm finished, I'm not doing it, that's when God will say, go, go back to the place where it didn't work before and do it again. When Elkanah and Hannah went to the place and did it again, y'all with me? The Lord stepped in. In her mind, in his mind, none of this has worked before. Why try it again? But when they got to the place of prayer and they tried it again, it says the Lord remembered her plea and in due time, Say due time. Say due time. This is what you need to understand about due season and due time. Due season, due time always comes. Question is, will we arrive there? It always comes. But will we arrive there? In due time, she gave birth to a son, and she named him Samuel. For she said, I've asked the Lord of him. Because she stayed the course because she didn't give up in the process, what she truly needed and desired on the inside, God bring it to pass. Close your eyes and, and just listen to me as we begin to pray. God is going to give you exactly what you need. Hear me when I say this, because sometimes you don't know what you need. <laughs> Sometimes you don't even know what you, it is you truly desire, to be honest with you, but she knew. And so I want you to just take this next 10 seconds and be real and raw and honest with God and just tell him in your heart, before we agree together in prayer, tell him, tell him in your heart. Don't, don't try to dress it up. Tell him in your heart, Lord, this is what I need from you. This is what I desire from you. For some of us, Lord, I need peace. My peace has been gone. I need joy. My joy has been gone. God, I, I need physical healing. I need emotional healing. I'm struggling. I'm at the end. Help me. And sometimes when you don't know any of that, sometimes the only thing you say is, I, Lord, I just need help. Help me. And this is the encouragement that I want to give you before we pray. Things may not work out immediately. From, from our standpoint, but they always work out eventually when you're a child of God. If you're here right now and you be honest and said, I came in, I came to church, but I am struggling internally. I'm discouraged. It should be a day of celebration for me, but I came in discouraged. If that's you, don't be ashamed. And nobody's looking around, but please, just, just as an act of faith, lift your hand up. So I, I just want to pray for you. I'm, I'm 
I'm just discouraged. Amen. Thank you for your honesty. Appreciate your honesty. And I want to pray for you. You came in here and you, you need either physical or emotional healing. If that's you, slip your hand up quickly. Quickly, all over the room, all over the room. From our standpoint, a broken place is not a good place, but from God's standpoint, sometimes it can be an amazing place because he says, a broken and a contrite heart I will not despise. In other words, I won't turn away from it. When you come to me and say, look, God, I'm broken, he's right there to meet you at your point of need. You came in here lastly, last, last thing, and I'm going to speak some things over you. We're going to pray. Last thing is this. You came in here in, in... I've, either it's one of two things. You, you, you have never started a relationship with the Lord or you have one, but you've kind of, you know, you've gotten off the path a little bit. You just, it, it, it happens. You, sometimes it just life hits us and we, we get off the path. I want to, nobody's ever going to call you to the front. We're not going to do that, embarrass you. But I just, if that, if that describes you, lift your hand up. I want to pray for you. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. God is going to do some things in your life. He's going to turn it around. Sometimes it's just simple just being honest with God and say, I love you. Um, I've messed up, but I'm coming back home. Everybody lift your hands all over. I'm going to speak some things over you. Father, in the name of Jesus, come to you right now. We turn from anything that's not like you, and we fix our eyes on Jesus. Today, you have people who've come in, and they need you to move. They just need you to move. And Lord, I speak favor and blessing upon their life right now that you go deep down inside. Uncover the true desire that you put in there from before they were born and begin to birth and manifest that in their life. Okay, God, I hear you. Whoever came in, you don't even have to raise your hand. I know it like I know the back of my hand. You came in here and you came in feeling dirty. Like I, I, I'm here, but I want to run out of here because I don't even feel like I, be I belong. That's a lie from the enemy. You're right where you need to be. You are right where you need to be. And God loves you. God embraces you today. God is not afraid of anything you've been through. He's not afraid of anything you've done. He's not intimidated by it. He says, just come back home. This is your day to come on back home. Father, in the name of Jesus, I speak a renewed sense of your identity over the life of your people right now. In the name of Jesus, I command every lie of the enemy to cease and to stop. That voice that tells them that they're not worth it, that they weren't, they, they, that nobody will ever want them again. You lie, you devil, you go. Now, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, they are worth it. They are equipped to be everything that you created them to be and to walk in everything that you called them to walk in. In the name of Jesus, I speak over every woman in this house today, right now, that they will get a sense of worth and the sense of value that you have placed on them. In the name of Jesus, those daily lies of I'm not a good wife, I'm not a good mother, I'm not a good this, I'm not a good that, all of that is Satan, and I command it to go right now in the name of Jesus. You are adequate. You are a good mother. You are a good wife. You are a good stepmother, grandmother, whatever, whatever area you are in. God says that I equipped you to be that, and you are. For those of you 
who came in here and you said, no one will ever want me again. No one will ever want to be with me again. That, that is a lie from the enemy. And I speak that your, your perfect mate, if you'll wait on God, your perfect mate will be there for you. I speak restoration that the voice of guilt, the voice of accusation, the voice of deception, the voice of regret be broken now in the name of Jesus. I speak new life over everybody in this room today in the name of Jesus, that today begins the rest of their life. Today you begin to erase every regret and you begin to write new chapters in their life in the name of Jesus. Remove the scales from their eyes right now in the name of Jesus. They will see you and hear you clearly, Lord. And now... Lord, we know that you're able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all we ask, think, or imagine. I want everybody with, with, with faith and power, if you'll do it, to repeat after me. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for creating me. You've made me one of a kind. You knew everything about me, and you still love me. I'm blessed in the city. I'm blessed in the field. I'm blessed going out. I'm blessed coming in. My hands are blessed. My family is blessed. My job is blessed. My business is blessed. I prosper. I increase. I move forward. Favor is on my life. Blessing is on my life. Healing is on my life. Sickness. Go in Jesus' name. Today, I walk out my healing, my freedom, my mind, and my heart belong to you. Thank you for peace. Thank you for joy. In Jesus' name, I want you to celebrate Jesus in here today. I want you to make a noise that makes the enemy nervous in here today. Oh, come on. If it was for me, that would be all right. But this is for Jesus. Praise him for your blessing right now. I know you don't see it, but praise him for your breakthrough right now. Praise him for your answer right now. Listen, we, we love you so much. We, we at Life City Church, we, we love you so much. And we're believing God for amazing things in your life. I believe... For all the ladies, I believe if you haven't gotten it on the way in, I don't know how they're doing that, but they've got a, a special gift for you um, on the way out. Please don't leave. Um, I want to get a chance to give you a high five and just let you know how much we love you. How many of you had a good time today? Let me bless, let me bless you on the way out. Father, in the name of Jesus, as we finish this Mother's Day, I speak blessing over the life of your people. I speak encouragement where there is discouragement. I speak comfort where there's loneliness. I speak hope where there is fear. Strength where there's anxiety. Healing where there's sickness. And I pray that the rest of this day would be filled with joy and reminders that you're actively involved in the life of your people. Just like you remembered, Hannah, let everyone in this room today leave knowing that they've not been forgotten, but they've been remembered by God. Bless their week. Let them travel safely and in the blessing of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great week.